Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the program. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to modulate my voice. Uh, it's uh, October 15th, even though my car says it's October 14th. I keep trying to fix that, but uh, what the hell. Anyway, it being a Tuesday, which it is, my sister is joining us, and hopefully she sounds better than I do. Susan. Boy, yeah. your voice is now lower than mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry, sister. You sound like, excuse the expression, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever this is, it, it likes me, because it, it's going on a week now on thursday it'll be like a week so god anyway so here i am and uh here you are uh, yeah yeah bummer always a bummer you know when you get sick when you're not feeling right you can't remember what it was like to feel right right you just and and i i don't know i find myself looking enviously at people who are like crossing the street in front of me and thinking you feel right uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so. <coughs> and it's not. Okay, well, you're pretty pitiful. I'm right. sorry. Okay, well, let's pick it up. Um, let's not. I don't know. Anything, um, anything specifically, uh, you know, making you go crazy? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 okay, let me, let me just Uh-oh. say that I, uh, I have. Um, I have a house full of company, so I haven't been spending a lot of time uh, watching news or reading news. Lucky you. But I, I did just quickly peruse the newspapers, and two things popped out at me. One was John Bolton, um, who I don't do not believe ever in my life I have thought I agree with him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that Bolton was the cooler head trying to prevail in the White House. You believe that? That that now? And yeah, saying that are, Rudy yeah. Giuliani is a loose cannon and running a you know a separate foreign policy yeah. and it needs to be stopped and right. blah 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 and that that's why Bolton leaves. I'm just I am amazed. Well, what we be- need what we need is like Bolton testifying. We need all these other guys who have decamped, right, to uh, to tell us just how bad things are and how, in fact, uh, probably criminal on a daily basis. The fact that Giuliani was essentially performing the functions of a Secretary of State, um, although he holds no public office, is amazing. And then there's the question of who's paying him? Nobody. He's he's theoretically working pro bono, but he's, I'm sure he's got a deal of all these side deals that he's working. I mean, this is just Trump business. He's just doing Trump business. Uh, well, it's criminal. Uh, it's it's absolutely criminal. Shocking. And then there's at the same time there's a story of and his and his. Uh, um, a third wife who's now divorcing him. Do you remember when he was America's mayor, when he moved her into the mayor's mansion? Was and it, he was still married to wife two? Wife, was that wife two, Donna Hanover? Um, Donna wife Hanover. two was Donna Hanover. Oh, I didn't and, know there was and, one before her. Okay. And this is wife three, and now she's divorcing him, and part of her issue is that she's claiming that he's hiding tons of money while claiming to work pro bono for the White House all these years. Well, didn't I read something the other day about uh, half a million dollars uh, in an envelope that had to do with these two uh, Saturday Night Li- you know, Saturday Night Live clowns that uh, got picked up at the airport? Um, I, you know what? You can't make it up. Did you see that those guys? You can't guys, make it up. The guys with the, with, who are with under those two goons. I know, and not only that. Did you see Giuliani was helping them uh, as an attorney uh, with their new business venture, which was something about f- fraud security or something? 
I mean, <laughs> I mean you can't make it Well, they're experts up. at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like you hire a hacker so that you don't get hacked. Well, you hire a, a expert in fraud. <laughs> uh, you, this is just it's so amazing and then and then you throw in that that Barr is in Notre oh. da- at Notre Dame talking about how the problem with morality in the United States is uh, uh you. you know there's no morality no, in government you. and you know, I'm going well gee AG Barr I agree with you and why do you think that is and of course the answer would be your boss but no he thinks it's an absence of religion of in our government, and in particular, yeah. his religion in our government. You know what? You know, I have to say, does I'm you know I'm a Jeopardy fanatic, and last night um, I had it on, but I was sort of not into it uh, much, and um, and there was a question. It was about treaties that the United States had signed, and I swear to God, they were quoting from treaties, and one of them might have had to do with Tripoli and maybe in the 1700s. And I swear to God, the quote from the treaty was something like, the United States is not a Christian nation. I'm not kidding. It was like in a frigging treaty. Right. What? Well, so does our... Uh, illustrious attorney general uh, not know American history. The founding fathers who were still around when that treaty was made flat out had to tell the, I guess the Maharaja at the time, uh, I think this had to do with pirates um, in the Mediterranean, I'm not sure. But yeah, that somehow was telling him, hey, this is not a Christian nation. We're not crusaders or whatever, whatever the point was. Just flat you out know, but there. I try, and, I try and read these things trying to figure out where the person's head is when they're saying this. And I'm thinking, well, he knows his audience. He's at a Catholic university. He's discussing issues in such a way that he thinks the audience would approve of. But you can't say things. That don't work. You know, you can't say we need more religion in a government that of a country where that is explicitly forbidden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that this is, excuse me, we're talking about the chief law enforcement officer of the United States, Bill Barr, who more than any person should certainly be aware of the constitutional bedrock of uh, the country. Um, so bar of all people to uh, go to a religious institution and give a speech essentially blaming, well, what he called militant secular, secularists. Yeah, yeah, militant secularists. What is that? I think that, is that I, you? That, that's, that's people who don't believe in God walking around with rifles. I see that all the time, don't you? Uh, no. Uh, no. But he said we're... I mean, I, what does that those, mean? Susan, he actually said we're here, we are here, intent on destroying the traditional moral order. And he went on to blame us for mental illness, for drug dependency, and for violence. He's, he's deranged. Yeah, he is deranged. And, and um, I don't know. I'm getting tired of it. I think the only bedrock that this country was built on, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's true, the only, the, the strongest bedrock that this country is built on is racism. I didn't know you were going there. Well, I, I do, well, I, I'm, I can't help it. That's the only thing that we can't just seems to just sit there at the bottom of everything, everything else. Everything else. And and I mean, I read in Missouri about oh, a yeah that guy in a chair for five days in a police department. Wait a where, no, this is one I don't know. I thought it was. I was reading something else about your wonderful forest. There, state. in Missouri, there is currently a lawsuit being brought against a small town in rural Missouri, where a man um, 
you can guess his race, was uh, arrested for a DUI and was put, was, was lashed to a chair for five days with a bag over his head for most of it, not released to go to the bathroom, not released for any reason, was force-fed water and food, and then left to defecate in and sit there for five days. And he couldn't walk for three days when they let him go. He's now suing, and I'm thinking he's suing. Those people should be in jail. That's not a civil wrong. That's a criminal wrong. It's like uh, kidnapping. It's like uh, it's it's illegal restraint. It's torture. Right. It's kidnapping. It's a, it's it's um, it's a total abuse of every constitutional right. This guy clearly was not allowed to see a lawyer or put before a judge or anything. He was just kidnapped. You know, um, what did I? But I, you know. I don't know. It's I, so I'm. It's just this constant stuff, you know. This this cop who I actually feel sorry for that 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 killed this this woman, woman in her, in her own, own house home at two o'clock. How do you feel sorry for that cop? Seriously, because what? Because I think that we've got cops that are so damaged that with no treatment, with no awareness, with without any help for what they're doing because they are just constantly shooting killing people, people. <laughs> they yeah. have to they have to be in mortal fear to be pulling that trigger the the wonderful uh, police officers of Fort Worth Texas have uh, have already this no just since June okay how many have we charged with murder since June uh, just one since June they've shot and killed six people as far as I know, none have been charged with murder. This guy has, somewhat belatedly, can you imagine? charged with murder. How many yeah, black I mean, I, people, in, how many black people enjoying the comfort of their domestic lives in their own homes? At 2 o'clock in the morning, get, playing uh, a video game with their nephew. I, you know, and the poor neighbor, the poor neighbor uh, who is worried. Was worried because he saw the front door open, so he called the cops. Right, and sends a wellness call in who now feels responsible for the death of the woman that he was worried about. I know, I know. It's. I mean, there is, I, I, it's, it's, it's not like I believe that the cops to shoot. I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we clearly have a situation where we are not in a place where we can discuss the emotional toll that being a police officer is taking. They clearly are not doing what they have to do in order to get the right people on a force. Let me just say that I think the way police departments hire is they give a special, uh, a, you know, a leg up uh, to uh, veterans. And veterans are much come more in with inclined stress to disorder. maybe be com coming in with undiagnosed post-traumatic stress and maybe should be the last people, the last people to be considered uh, for police work. I don't know. Well, and, and that is true. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll cite another case, and again, out of St. Louis, but if there was a... Two cops. Uh, there were actually three cops involved in the in the original incident, um, all on duty, and they meet at some house, and uh, and they're just drinking and fooling around while they're supposed to be patrolling. But anyway, the woman ends up dead um, from a game of good old game of Russian roulette. The woman cop. The woman cop. Yeah. With two male cops. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it comes out that the male cop that ends, you know, that is the one with the gun, um, ends up uh, being a guy that apparently liked to play this game a lot with his girlfriends, and they are all ex-military. And you're beginning to think, what, these are the people that we're thinking are the right people to be on the street? But, you know, they're also the people that are attracted to do the job. Well, I think we obviously have a big problem 
<laughs> and uh, we have a please, really big problem. Yeah, and I think obviously the wrong kinds of uh, you, when you see, and they all say the same thing. I feared for my life. I mean, do they fear for their life? Well, that's every, what you're. That's every, what, of course, they. That's did. what they have to say. But every time. You know, if it had been a white woman walking around in her house, would he have feared for her life going back to your... No. Yeah, no. Going I, back to my original yeah, point. No, no. So, um... Although when I say that, I remind myself of that South African blonde woman yeah. who called, and she, was, and she was blown away. Yeah, but by a black cop. <laughs> well, turn about, you know. I know. Wasn't that amazing? I think every once in a while they throw one of those in just to, just to give us just to screw up the statistics. You right. Know, I know. Uh, meanwhile, um, uh, another cop yesterday was acquitted. <laughs> oh, shocker! Of murder, um, and this was a case that, that happened a few years ago, and of course involves a black man unarmed, who he shot because he was in fear of his uh, life. Um, the man he shot was a mentally ill veteran. 27, 27-year-old Air Force veteran who um, had been traumatized by his experience in combat he had PTSD. He'd also been uh, diagnosed as bipolar. And he was outside of his apartment building, naked, and acting strangely, but not violently. And, of course, someone called the cops. And within, like, three seconds of the cop coming on the scene, that black man was dead even though he had said right before he was shot, the police are my friends. The jury was composed of blacks and whites. A number of black jurors were sobbing when, the, uh, when the, uh, their decision was, was read. Um, however if this helps at all, they did not clear him on some lesser charges that, uh, some of which are pretty serious. Um, uh, aggravated assault, violation of an officer's oath, breaching his department's use of force policy. So they didn't let him off totally, but they did not could not make him guilty of murder, and it well, you know, the jury it broke down totally, Susan, on racial lines. The yeah, whites of course said did. he didn't murder him. The blacks said, hello? Yeah. So, I mean... It, um, these, but, here's, but it's also a problem how the case is prosecuted, because if... if uh, in many cases, this isn't an issue of murder where there is prior intent and all that. It is more accurately manslaughter. And sometimes if you overreach on the degree, you get acquitted. Yeah, right. You know, if they, if they can't consider a lesser included offense. And I think these cases are more accurately manslaughter. And then you, because I don't think anybody goes into this... Well, I won't say that. I you think don't know most that. people do not do not go into this wanting to kill someone. But no, I don't know that. Uh, and then I read recently. Do you remember the woman? I think this was the one from Missouri that I'm remembering. A woman police officer who shot and killed somebody about six years ago, and said, of course, all the things you say, and was acquitted, and is, was still on the force. Well, she shot a woman. Um, the other day and killed her again, a woman who had been charged with absolutely nothing, who was sitting on the steps and refused to jump when she said jump. She also alleged the woman had gone for her taser, which apparently police video or the taser itself showed had, could not have happened. This was a killer cop who had killed once, 
and was allowed on the force to remain to on do the it force again and has now killed again. And now this Missouri Police Department is saying, and I think we're going to go back and look at the first uh, the first person. Yeah, yeah, my understanding is most police officers can serve on a force for you know their their career, a lifetime uh, career, and never draw their weapon. Right, never draw their weapon. I think that's the more you know, normal way of things, uh, depending on where you're policing. But it's it's um, it's complicated. It's just complicated, and we find ourselves in a situation where um, it's difficult to accurately name the problem. And if you can't accurately name the problem, then you can't accurately search for um, answers. Yeah. Right, and you know, to say that we have you know a whole a whole you know group of defenders in our country that need to be very carefully looked at and made sure that they are medically fit, and so this goes into a whole other thing where this country is crazed, and I use that mental term, illness, absolutely yeah. mental, mental illness. illness, right, and we don't we don't accept that. That are it's like insurance not covering your eyes and your feet, like they aren't part of your body. I've never gotten that. Well, who says that our heads aren't part of ourselves, and that when we're sick in the head, that's different than having a heart attack? It's not. We are we are as a nation willfully uh, ignorant. Um, it seems. Uh, I just want to go back to Bill Barr, our great Attorney General, one more time because. One, you were talking about it, it made me think of it, because you were talking about the intent um, with some of these shootings, that uh, first-degree murder is often a case you can't make, that they don't go in, you know, into it thinking, I'm going to kill whoever this is on the other end. But the Attorney General in his, uh, in his diatribe at Notre Dame said this about people like me this is not decay it is intention organized no this is not decay it is organized destruction he is saying that we are guilty of first degree of organizing to destroy uh the country uh, well, I would, I, you know, as usual, that's just them doing, ta- pointing a finger at what they themselves are doing, except that they are doing, they are disorganizingly disorganizing right, 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 the country. Right. right. Anyway, um, a uh, a guy. Well, no, I guess this is Paul Krugman says, and if that kind of talk doesn't scare you, it should. It's the language of witch hunts, real witch hunts, and pogroms. Uh, the reality is, if they think somebody without religion is um, part of some organized cabal to take down the government, or people with the wrong religion, um, the reality is, is over 20% of Americans now say they do not uh, affiliate in any way with a religion. He's talking about a fifth of the country, and probably more so. Well, and I think it's probably even bigger than that. I mean, I know an awful lot of people that uh, that are tired of organized religion that might still have a sort of spiritual spiritual self, but uh, you know, it's not around any organized religion. Hey, given given what we're talking about here, I've been meaning to. Uh, do a heads up on on a program that is at Carnegie Mellon University that is free, uh, although you do have to register, and um, it's called Hate versus Understanding, um, and it is October 30th at a hate crime forum. It goes all day from 8:30 to 5, but the keynote speaker is Judy Shepard, who is the mother of Matthew Shepard, right. who, the gay young man who was uh, tortured, butchered, crucified. 
she will be the keynote speaker. And also the, um, the chief of police in Charlottesville, uh, Rochelle Brackney. Uh, Charlottesville, of course, were one of the horrific, uh, I guess that's where Dylan Roof did his damage. If I, is that right? No, Charlottesville. You know what? I was thinking this today. I have long since lost track of the names of all of these black people who have been killed by, you know how we used Oh, yeah. I don't, I can't remember. Now, was he the one, was that in, and then I lose track of even the geography of it. Charlottesville. Oh, yeah, the there's just church? too many. Was that, are we talking about the white nationalists? I, I, yeah, that's, I just, it, and because, yeah, because it's so rampant. Anyway, I wanted you guys to know that if that's something that interests you, and I'm sure there's panel discussions, lots of stuff, uh, just check it, check it out on uh, probably the CMU uh, website, okay? Uh, and that's October 30th. I had wanted to. Uh, yeah, we can't give up. We have to. I mean, I, I guess I'm just, uh, it, w with the president that we have, who has opened this cauldron of evil, and it's spewing out its steam of crud over all of us, it just awakens me to everything else, you know. If you walk around happy, you don't notice all the crud. If you're walking around noticing crud anyway, you begin to notice all of it. It's tough. It's very tough. We we really have to do better. <laughs> we really have to want to do better. Uh, you know, it, it uh, so that I mean that gets us around to the presidential debate tonight, and uh, and oh. we got Bernie and Biden still fighting up there, and and a country that I think is getting increasingly worried that a girl can't win, which gets me. You that know, is just, you know, that's like a contagion. That just gets me so that, angry that I, I can barely breathe. I think the repetition of that is so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But it's that, a drumbeat coming from men. Well, that's who's writing all these articles. I don't see a woman writing an article that Elizabeth Warren can't win. But they, you know, out comes a poll that says most women our age think that are for Biden, and I, I don't, I don't know a one. Well, that doesn't mean that most women are. Age I know are that Biden. doesn't mean anything, but I'm, I'm just saying I don't understand um, uh, necessarily who's manufacturing this drumbeat for Biden. Uh, Barbara has sent a quote from a man who gave a lecture here last night that I had a ticket to but did not feel well enough to go, um, Ibram X. Kendi, and he did the Carnegie lecture uh, last night, and he said this, America's politics in my lifetime have been shaped by racist fear of black criminals Muslim terrorists, and Latino immigrants. That's it. Our politics, certainly of late, is all about racism. Fears of black people, fears of Muslim people, fears of Latino people. Oh, and then if, you're, if you still have a little left over, you can throw in a Jew or two. Oh, and, and gays. I mean, yeah, yeah we can... Just, yeah, and trans. I mean, you just name it. Anybody that isn't, you know. Uh, so. All right. Well, I'm feeling better. I'm not the only one that feels this way then, apparently. <laughs> well, no, of course not. He's written a book, by the way, called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And um, he's getting a lot of attention um, to how all of us can play an active role in trying to get a handle on this biggest problem, this huge, huge problem. I, speaking of problems, I want to go, I, I, I do not know that I have ever seen 
a foreign policy disaster play out so quickly as did the Syria thing. Um, one minute, the United States had a position in the Middle East, and the next minute, we don't. We are on the run. The Russians are already there. Vladimir Putin, this has happened in what, less than a week? Vladimir Putin. Well, obviously not. I mean, obviously, our president was in cahoots with these people before that. Vladimir Putin and, was uh, wined and dined in Saudi Arabia yesterday. Um, you want to know who the power there is now and totally has replaced the United States as us? Israel is warming up its relations with Russia because all well, because these they're begging. They're going, let us save the Kurds. No, that's not. Israel's concerned about its own uh, well, of course they are, well, but I mean, they, uh, <laughs> because they now don't trust. How would they trust even Trump now? So there is fear in all of these countries that used to think. Why the would United anyone States trust Trump, Trump ever, ever about anything ever? So um, what we the have, arrogance I, you know, of I don't fools know, are that we, think that he wouldn't cheat them. Are we it's paying attention arrogant. because we've got about a thousand American soldiers? who have been told to retreat, and yet they are stuck right now, trapped. Do we realize this? Between um, Turkish troops, um, who have cut off all the roads that they would escape on. And it could well be that to get our troops out, we're going to have to airlift them out, sort of like the, uh, the scene when Saigon fell. That is how totally unprepared this was because the president, and let me quote him, this is from a year ago, my gut tells me more than anybody else's brains can ever tell me. Mm -hmm. And he went with his gut, and his gut is informed a lot by Vladimir Putin whispering in his ear, and in this case, Erdogan. And the funny thing is, how can anybody not see how bizarre it is that this president is now threatening sanctions on Turkey when he's the one who gave him the go-ahead to go do he gave what him permission. he's like, I know. He says, go for it. Go for it. And now he's saying, well, you'll pay for that. This guy, I mean, to say that he's unfit for And, and as usual, it's, it's too late because we've lost all of these assets that we abandoned there. And the military is totally demoralized because right. of what has been done in their name. Yeah. You know, it's May I, may I tell you talk about assets? I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, people in the State Department and the Energy Department are uh, going nuts because they're trying to figure out how they can evacuate, not people, but 50 tactical nuclear weapons which we are storing in Turkey. Well, he doesn't know that. He doesn't Trump? know that. Oh, I think someone's told him by now. The Turks are well, yeah, he the knows Turks it now. 50 of our tactical nuclear weapons, and they are now essentially hostage, being held hostage by Erdogan. How do we get them out of well, there? Well, who's in league with Putin? So now right. Putin's in control of our nuclear we weapons. Uh, here's Let's some, be clear. Here's some foreign policy experts saying, I think this is a first, like every other day it's a first. I think this is a first a country with American nuclear weapons stationed in it, literally firing at U.S. forces. This is uh, the president's great uh, Middle East strategy. He needs to be impeached yesterday yeah. and, and just uh, plain old on grounds of treason. Sure seems to be. I mean, I, it's hard to comprehend how everything he does the thing with Ukraine 
which does not benefit the United States in any way. It only benefits Vladimir Putin. The whole thing with Ukraine. Uh, keeping no, Ukraine getting... is a burgeoning democracy whom we should be supporting. Yeah, well, but it's a part of what used to be the Soviet Union, and Putin wants it back. Well, it's got that nice coastline, you know. Yes, it does. And so we're helping. We, 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 Trump was keeping the Ukrainians from the defensive weaponry that they that our Congress said they were willing to send them, and the president just stopped it because he thought, I, you know, hey, I'm not just going to let this stuff go. And anyway, the more I stop it, the more Vladimir will be happy with me. But on top of it, I could maybe, you know, I could shake him down to give me some dirt on uh, on Biden. And speaking of Biden, what the fuck is his son giving interviews for? How is that? Well, the son, you know, is, the son is like, you know, everybody. Apparently, every pre- presidential family has one, except in Trump's case, he was the one. But, um, it, you know, like Clinton had Billy Clinton, and Biden got this ne'er do well son. Yeah. Whose best idea is to profit off of his name. You know, and and if that used to be, you know, and that that should be a perfectly legitimate thing to do, given the Trump kids. But no, every president has one. Donald Trump has how many does he have? We'll give him four because Barron, I'll let off the hook. Trump doesn't even remember he has a fifth son. But yeah, right. Um, let's change the subject, Susan. Okay. I was reading a review of uh, Bill Bryson's latest book um, called The Body, A Guide for Occupants. <laughs> so it's a book that Bill Bryson is a wonderful writer, and he's so good at explaining scientific stuff in a, you know, got to turn the page uh, manner. And he's getting very good reviews about... Um, about it oh here's a great quote the church says the body is a sin advertising says the body is a business the body says I am a fiesta (laughs) okay I didn't I didn't understand that your voice was so low that I didn't hear the quote can you do it one more time okay and I'll try to do it up here The church says the body is a sin. Advertising says the body is a business. It's a business. Yeah. You know, think of all the stuff they sell us. Yeah, I because know. I feel like I feel like our mother, and I and, and when not, you're dropping your voice at the at the punchline of every sentence, and that's what I don't hear. And the body okay, and itself the body. says, "I am a fiesta." I am a fiesta. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like that. So here's some of the things. um, And I love this because we've been talking about memory, you and I, at points. And uh, Bryson makes clear that memory is uh, is a way our our mind lies to us. (laughs) Our our memories are not engraved in stone, but they are hazy. And they're mutable. And uh, it is so clear. And that is why, you know, eyewitness testimony is just known to be a bunch of crap. That a whole bunch of people witnessing the same thing remember it totally differently. And even our most yeah, cherished And why person, we have incorporated each other's childhoods into our own right, personal memories. Our most memory. cherished personal memories may be uh, cobbled together and borrowed from siblings, friends, um, things that did happen are embellished. So, you know, all of the things that we, that we cherish, a lot of the family stories have now, you know, you know, gained sort of mythic status, but that's because that's the way we need them to be, I think, rather than that is the way they necessarily were. It's not that they're total lies, 
but <laughs> they've been embarrassed. Yeah, I, I think, I, because I, I've been thinking about this, and I think what happens is our brain records emotions, and and that in, in ensuing years we fill in facts to support the emotions more than the facts remind us of how we felt at the time. I mean, I think that what we remember is how we feel. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably true. But did you know this from the book? Um, we humans choke to death more easily than any other mammal. Other mammals, all mammalia, does not have the problem that we do with choking. So this is a design flaw. Um, in us and it comes from uh, evolution of um, our heads getting so damn big <laughs> to keep our big and head our esophagus not, well, not no, getting to keep our big, correspondingly bigger well no it says to keep our big heads upright our necks became longer and more centered under the skull and this had the happy effect of allowing us to speak, I guess. I, I'm sure he goes into it. And uh, before our heads had moved in, in the way they had, I guess speech would have been difficult. Song would have been uh, difficult. But unfortunately, it also made our airwaves uh, much more vulnerable to accidental blockages of uh, by food it I, I mean I'm sure it's a whole chapter but it just I thought wow and of course the other well so let's let's put in a plug at the moment for the good old Heimlich maneuver <laughs> which everybody should really know yep. and which honestly is easily done and works and you you can save lives that way. Yeah. So you and really you just put your arm around someone and from behind in a big bear hug right under their rib cage in a in a strong in and up, and uh, it boy That's does right. it pop food out. Yeah, and then it pops the food out. I just hope that if I'm ever choking, there's someone around who knows it. You can attempt to self uh, Heimlich yourself, and um, I. I it's probably a lot harder to do. Um, here's another. Well, we've th- talked about this. You have to throw yourself on the ground. I think you throw yourself on a chair uh, back on a you know something that's going to give you that. Well, they apparently somebody figured somebody decided that the proper way to do it, the the only way to get the proper force if you're doing it yourself is to uh, just literally um, allow yourself to face plant on on the ground. I don't know, without, but wouldn't without you, catching yourself. No, wouldn't you face plant though? But make sure that your fist was gonna, you know, hit you in the right place when you went down. Well, no, you aren't falling on your fist. You're just letting the the uh, you're just letting the the fall itself do the work. I, I you aren't falling on your own fist. <laughs> well, I think that would make it. Other, but what do I? I hope to never have to test this out. Also, no, I don't either. I'll run outside and point at my throat. I'm in Chicago. Okay, and here's the other thing. <laughs> here's the other thing that this book says that I found fascinating. Quote: A significant part of everything we see is actually imagined. What? What? Now I. I can't get into the total science here, but it has something to do with the way our eyes are constructed. Yeah, yeah, and that our brain fills in the details, yeah. That our vision is obstructed by tangles of nerves and blood vessels inside our eyes. Um... And it also has to do with where the rods and cones that do it, it's it's much more complicated. But 
our eyes do also have a literal blind spot, a goodly chunk of space that doesn't have any of the rods or cones where the optic nerve exits the eye. It creates a total blind spot in that part of what should be our field of vision. And we are not in any way aware of this blind spot because, as Susan said... Our brain colors it in. Right. (laughs) It's actually the brain says, well, I would think that would be this and that, and colors it in. But the fact is, is you're not seeing it. And no, brain, no, I it just continues could. the lines, and the and yeah. the, it just continues the picture. But yeah, your brain's filling it in. I think that um, that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad it does. Okay, we have a call. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. God, you you sound worse than I do. We're not, the call's not coming through. Yeah, this isn't just me. I'm not hearing this, right? No, none of us are hearing this. No, okay. I'm sorry, caller. It's totally broken up. Ain't working. He also goes on to say that um, in Shakespeare's time, uh, when he ate an apple or any fruit, it did not taste like it tastes to us. In fact, he says, the fruits that Shakespeare ate were, for the most part, probably no sweeter than the modern carrot. What? What? Except for bananas. Well, bananas I... were far sweeter than they are now. But that original banana died out, and this is a replacement banana. But bananas actually taste like, used to taste like candy banana, which to me doesn't taste like banana at all. Well, you know, there are other bananas. If you go to South America, you find some extraordinary bananas, plantains and things like that, just like they've got better um, uh, potatoes. God, the, the Idaho potato that we think of as the potato is like the least interesting tuber of all time. And uh, there's fascinating potatoes. But, you know, big business didn't, uh, for whatever reason, uh, decide that this is the one we're going to say is the potato. But, you know, what, getting back to things not tasting the same in Shakespeare's time as they do now, that's because... Uh, uh, what 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 was it? Mendel was he the pea guy? Was yeah, he the guy that changing? Uh, uh, yeah, they started grafting yeah, and stuff like that. We learned how to graft. Okay, we have two so callers. Now you can. Right. It, well, I think about a hundred years ago, you could honestly buy an apple tree that they had grafted four different or five different varieties yeah. on, and so one tree would produce all these different apples. Well, our produce now has been made much more sugary than it was, so we'll like it. And it's much less nutritious than it was. Also that we'll buy it, buy it, buy it. And, and they, they hook you because we love sugar. Um, but there's far fewer nutrients. in Shakespeare had better nutritious fruit. It just didn't taste as sugary good. We have two callers, so let's get people in here. Hello, caller. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Oh damn! I don't know what's wrong. We can't, we can't hear you. You're breaking up. I don't know if. It, okay, we gotta let you go. I'm sorry. Let's see if the other caller sounds like that. It's on our end, which would be such a shock. Second caller, hello. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that caller breaking up puts me on first. <laughs> you sound just fine, Clarence. That's because I'm, I'm on a, I'm on that old-fashioned thing called the landline. Oh, I wow. know. Me too. <laughs> um, two things: the um, choking. Now, that made me think that if we choke more, and that 
because our you know our heads are bigger and it helps us with our speech. Got to have to avoid eating your words. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> All right. That's the joke. That was That's a joke. The joke. Okay. But, uh, that was okay. A joke. The blind spot thing. There's something cool that you can do and see your uh, well, not see your blind spot, but not see your blind spot, or however that goes. If you stick your right ar- an arm out and keep your uh, eyes forward and slowly, like I use my right arm and slowly move your arm to the right, eventually your hand will disappear. Don't don't follow the you know just stay looking forward and like your hand will disappear <laughs> and you'll uh, and you'll be able to move your fingers and stuff and not see your hand attached to your arm. It's kind of a cool thing and that's where your blind spot is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm doing it now. I can see my arm but not my hand. And if I yeah. stick my fingers a little bit back in the frame, then I can see them. But you're right. Yeah. It just disappears yeah. at the end of my arm. Yeah. That's your blind spot. Apparently. <laughs> kind of cool to do. <laughs> yeah, but why, why didn't the, um, why didn't, don't, doesn't our brain put our hand there? Oh, I think it's because it's attached to your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? So your brain kind of knows it's there, knows it's there, but you can't see it. So it's not going to, like, uh, reform a hand. And that's, you know, it's only, what is it, 20% of the stuff is filled in? So it's not within that 20%. <laughs> you know. Okay. That makes sense so, to me. Yeah. And the fact that almost everything you see is an illusion. You know, color is an illusion. It's created by your brain. Oh. It's all, you know, because different animals see different colors. And the, right, the, the, right. the light spectrum is enormous. Somebody put it this way, um, that what we see say, was as, as if there was a burqa that covered the universe. The, you know what I mean? That little slit of, of the right. spectrum That's of, the, the, that covered our galaxy. That little slit of light is what we see. Is what we see. Is, we, don't see we see nothing that's, that, you know, practically nothing that's actually Well, just there. think about all the <laughs> stuff that lives in, think about all the stuff that lives in the air. Mm-hmm. That's and all on around body, us, and on our body. I mean, that we just don't see, and in our beds, uh, you know, all this stuff that we don't see. It's we we are surrounded by it. Yeah, and we're practically blind to it. Right. That's why they use infrared and you know and all that stuff to and uh, those types of light waves to see the universe. You know, because we can't see it with the naked eye. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, uh, I use my nerdy side and my comedian <laughs> side, so I'm done. Good for you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. You're welcome. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. And, and I'm glad, actually, Clarence's call made it clear that that wasn't our problem. For no, chance. it was a cell phone issue, okay. I think. Jonathan, who listens to the program a lot, said, prime example that you never know what you'll hear on the Lynn Cullen show. And then he did a he said, Lynn Cullen on October 15th, 2019 said this, the least interesting tuber of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had many conversations late into the night about tubers we've met that we thought were far more interesting. Well, there, there's no doubt. I mean, the tubers are, there's some wondrous tubers, I'm just saying. Hey, the, I, I came across this story, and I don't. Uh, uh, I want to share it with everybody. It's so outrageous. This was in the Washington Post. I don't know what we've come to, but there was a um, a family from the United Kingdom. Actually, two families, two couples. Three. They had three young children. One very, very young, and they were uh, they were in Western Canada having a holiday, and. Uh, actually near Vancouver and they say that there was a the road all of a sudden was blocked by a rather large animal and it they they made an unexpected detour they pulled around and found themselves on a f- strange road and then they sound, found flashing lights in their rear view mirror and they were pulled over by Americans from the Department of Homeland Security. And what happened to these people is un 
unbelievable. They were, all of them, including a three-month-old child, were ended up detained. Actually, I think they're still, they still are detained. So when did this happen? This happened October 3rd. So for the last almost two weeks, they have been in custody. Uh, they now have an attorney trying to get them out. Why should this be? Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection could not be reached for comment. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were taken to some place where they were given those, uh, you know, metallic blankets. Uh, the women were separated from the men. They were told you crossed an international border. And that was it. And they said, well, can't we just turn around? And no way. The woman and her baby were put in a very cold cell. And you hear this. This is one of their tactics that they do to all the poor guys coming across the southern border, right? They call these cells ice boxes. And um, they're putting a baby in there. They put a baby in there. They were issued those thin metal-like blankets. Um, and they were left in the cell the entire day with no information, no way to call home to their family, no idea what was going to happen. Her son, uh, the baby, had to sleep on this disgusting floor. Then they ended up being pulled out and taken to an airport. And they thought, thank God, this is ending. But no. No. They were transported to Pennsylvania, to the Burks Family Residential Center, that's called the Baby Jail. And they arrived there on October 5th. And even the detention center there said, this is the first time we've had a child under the age of one in this facility for a long time. So all of these people are still sitting there. Well, for heaven's sakes. She said she had to bathe her son um, in a bathtub that was provided that was filthy, dirty. Um, her son was left without clothing, blankets, or bibs. The blankets and sheets have a disgusting smell. I cannot use them to wrap my baby for fear that they have not been washed. Um, the baby woke up on Friday with his left eye swollen and teary and his skin rough and blotchy. And the, the officials at the, uh, at, told her that, yes, he is a bit young to be here, and if you want, you can sign papers allowing him to be separated from you and we'll take him to a better place. I mean, this is, like, this is like real concentration camp stuff. They didn't do anything. They stepped foot on the wrong side. Somehow they got finally to somebody who then got the Washington Post to write about it. Um, as soon as they were able to get in touch with uh, their embassy, they started, her son was given a playpen, and uh, they were told they'd be going home in the near future. Uh, meanwhile, uh, it's unclear that they were that they have been allowed to go home. Um, and their attorney said, emotionally and psychologically, they are destroyed. There's no way to comprehend how this happened. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. This is the United States yeah, of America is. under Donald Trump's administration. I mean, yeah, they this do is this official policy. They do this to brown people yeah. all the time. Now, this family's getting attention because they weren't trying to come in. They just wandered in from our northern border and were still treated by the book, which is they were terrorized. 
boy, what has become of us? Anyway, that was my that yeah. Was, yeah. That's my last story. I thought you were going for something lighthearted oh. and. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not have no. I did not have no. No, but I, okay. So I actually started this this morning this way with my visiting sister-in-law and, and brother-in-law, and and said, you know, uh, I don't know why we aren't out in the streets. Yeah. Well, I don't either. Well, now I'm not because I'm hoping that Congress is actually going to do something precipitously, and there's going to be enough people talking that uh, uh, something might actually they need happen. To, I, I, to get the Republicans in the Senate on board, they've got to find something so egregious. I think, listen, they will. I, get, I think Syria should be something so egregious. It's I think not, leaving our nuclear weapons now in enemy hands should be something so egregious. Enemy? Here, by the way, here's all my the nuclear Turks weapons. Are, Would you just watch those for me? The Turks are our allies, Susan. Yeah, right. I know. All right. Well, just uh, the latest report on the decline and fall of the United States of America. Thank you, Suze, for helping me through this. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, you sound great. Go to bed. Eat some honey and tea. I've been eating honey and tea. This bug okay. just won't vacate the premises. Okay. All right. Well, eventually it will. Okay, goodbye. Feel better. I will. See ya. Toodaloo. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.